is magical. Welcome to Magic Monday. I'm Tess Whitehurst, spiritual author and spiritual teacher. And I'm Natasha Levenger, energy healer, energy reader, and inner child healing teacher. And this is a podcast about all the ways we experience and use the magic of the universe in our everyday lives. That's right. I changed my opening there for old uh, listeners or even listeners as of today. Before today. Yeah, you're evolving. There was an evolution. I mean, I am a spiritual coach when people have sessions with me. It just is part of what happens there. But I feel like the inner child healing teaching is really pretty dominant. So, yeah, like really intrinsic to you and your path. And the work I do with sessions and I teach it. So, anywho, yeah, that's what's happening. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> Just <laughs> that's our show <laughs> well it's been a week i mean this cancer season whew, have you felt all oh, right it's cancer season oh wait what are you gonna ask well if you felt it although this is now we're talking now we're talking what's today the date is the 19th so we're still a little bit still in cancer this is the last it turns into leo season this, this week, week on yeah. yeah on Thursday but yeah. yeah actually I I really have been feeling cancer season but I I wasn't like oh it's cancer season I was just like wow I am really feeling my emotions yeah. like I really am feeling so much love and well, so much yeah. protectiveness oh. and so much like the, I love this feeling, but it is really a lot to feel like I think about people I love or even animals I don't know, and I feel pain. Like, oh, no, they're suffering. Oh, there's animals suffering. Oh, I love how cute kittens are. Oh, no, there's kittens suffering. <laughs> you know, that kind of feeling. I, I actually like love it because it's like, yeah. oh, what? I was just going to say, I feel like you just described my life in the last bit there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like, I always love it when I have that, but it also is very painful because it, mm -hmm. it's that feeling of being open and feeling love. Like we talked about with Evo, which you guys will hear that interview in a little bit, but about the courage to live with an open heart being related to the water element, which mm, is cancer, cancer season. Yeah, it's been really intense. I guess supposedly for cancers, they flow with it. Just like in Pisces season, I feel very comfortable with it. And I hear people talking about feeling uncomfortable with it. Oh, yeah. I mean, in Virgo season, I feel great, I will yeah. say. But that's also not as challenging. I feel like the emotional ones, the water ones tend to be harder for people uh, who are yeah, not of that sign. Well, I don't have any water in my top three, but I do like feeling... The pain, the emotions. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. It just like, I my mom kind of reads me like that. Like crying is good. Oh, the more you cry, the healthier you are. Good. Like I kind of learned that from her. So I think oh. when I feel teary, whenever anyone else cries too, I'm always like, yeah, good, oh. good job. Boy, she taught <laughs> you something good there. I was... Oh yeah, she, there's a lot of good things she taught me actually. Oh, that's great. Um, yeah. I was just realizing often Gemini, actually, Gemini season tends to be the most challenging for me. All that oh, it, fast thought. Uh, yeah, that was a lot of thinking, for sure. A lot, yeah. a lot of thinking going yeah. on. That's, that's to me, <laughs> harder than the all the emotions. But 
Whew, I feel <laughs> I just also feel like I'm in like some kind of do I always say this just like intense growth period where I've had like 12 realizations this week well I mean you do say it often but I will say <laughs> you don't always say it you often say it but uh, man this last week yeah me too I can't yeah. even describe it and it seems like it was way longer than one week totally and I can't really fully explain all of the depth but it does I just in general I feel like so much um I I like just a kind of a crystallization of self-love mm. for me like acceptance like oh now I'm feeling oh I feel shame now mm -hmm. and like let me just breathe through that shame mm -hmm. and you know like just having that ability or to yeah. be like like yesterday with Ted, I was like, something, uh, something I said, it just felt like wrong. And then I was like, oh, you know what? I was jealous of you. Mm. And instead of just telling you I was jealous, mm. I like kind of got passive aggressive. And then I felt weird about oh. it. So that's what happened. Oh. And then it was like, oh, now I feel fine. Yeah. Like I just had to kind of unwind it, but it was all there. Yes. You know, yeah. just an example. No, that's, <laughs> that's a good example. Like I wanted to share I literally I had three major realizations <laughs> this week that could potentially be life-changing if I can really keep grounding it into the present which is something that I realized a couple weeks ago when I did that in, which is why I record that integration class about like when you are integrating if you can then like remember to ground it into the present energetically so like saying hello to your grounding cord in present time the more you keep coming into the present then it can really assimilate yeah the lessons um I forgot oh just what you were saying so I had that big thing about um well we lost one or another cat which is terrible and yeah. um but there was all this stuff coming up and I didn't understand what it was. And long story short, I realized it came down to this intense feeling of neediness that I experienced in seventh grade um, to a really large degree, which I had healed a lot of, but not at the not. It's like the the remnants, the real core core neediness was there. Oh. And that is where like I'm so grateful that I do have all this self-love now where it's like oh once I realize that it's like this intense neediness I, then I can love it and be like oh there's neediness yeah. I love me in seventh grade I yeah. love because <clears throat> really what part of it also what I realized was that um like oh well okay I want to share this because I think it'll be helpful for people anyway it came up with the cats because the cats it growing up were the one source that met my needs you know that were like I love you I'm here you know they were just so present and loving with me and so when that happened with my cat it was like oh god my love is gone I mean I didn't yeah. think that consciously but I finally realized it with my inner child from that time period it was stuck in that time when my if my cat were to go it's like forget it I would have none of my yeah. needs met so anyway yeah. I had I was doing again this inner critic work and um what I learned was that when your parent this new technique for when your inner critic is actually basically your parent which it is with me is my mom so what I did this time was I became my mom like I talked to my inner child as my mom 
being this inner critic. And so I saw it all through her eyes and it was so helpful. Because what I realized is like I looked to some extent, like I was looking at myself as if I was my mom looking at yeah, me. Yeah, okay. Okay. As so, a child. As a child, Like yes. looking at your child self. Yeah. Okay. Yes. And what I realized was, and I knew this intellectually, but I felt it as I was being her looking at me to heal the center critic part that I've now internalized, that she saw any emotion as being not okay like she opposite of your mom she was like she felt so overwhelmed I mean she was a Capricorn moon which I know a lot my Brett's a Capricorn moon and when it's healthy it's great but hers was not (laughs) it was unchecked and like she could not handle any emotion any of her own emotions she felt out of control like no 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 like I literally saw it as like a house with a bunch of rooms and she would just shove them in different rooms she couldn't handle it and so when she saw me and also other people but I'll just focus on me um she was any kind of emotion that came up for me she what she would do was slam judgment on it on me she's not okay meaning me yeah this girl is not okay Ugh, like disgust I can't tell you how many times she told me I was disgusting to her like it was just like invalidation all over me but because I could see it from this way I was like oh she wasn't even seeing me and it was she was just seeing like this kind of nebulous emotions it didn't it had nothing to do with me and that, it was like her own emotions, too, that were making her uncomfortable. Yes. I would bring that up in her. And she didn't like being seen. Yeah. And I could see her. And it was like, yeah. no, 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 no. I got a blech on this thing. Yeah. <laughs> and then what I ended up doing was like trying to figure out how can I be the person she needs me to be so I don't get this all over me. And I would try to put things in compartments and then like I would and then I moved in seventh grade and then it was like, oh, my God, there's no rules here. What are the rules so that I fit in as opposed to actually just like being me? That Uh was not even an option. Like it was never like an option. It was just like, how do I what are the rules? Just tell me the rules so that I can fit in and so that I don't get blitzed on. So that's a big realization I had. Um, It was really helpful because yeah yeah Yeah. I really I mean it just I think that inner critic book helped but I think it's also energetically just a lot is uh integrating right now Mm -hmm. because I have been feeling like thinking about my past selves like oh honey yeah yeah (laughs) you were really you just that really hurt you or like you really you were doing the best you could and it's so and it feels so good it feels so peaceful and yeah, I feel like relaxing. I, yeah, like we've. I feel like that work has been happening. I mean, maybe with the inner child healing class, like I've already felt really a lot of that. But now it's like more like, oh, I can see that. So now I can love that part. Whereas before, if I didn't, if I saw that, I would have been like, oh God, me in seventh grade. But now, yeah. it's like, oh, look at me in seventh grade. Oh, come here. I love right. You. Me Get too. Yeah, yeah, I love I, it. Yeah, it's really helpful, and it also helps me to own the parts that are not 
that aren't so great. Like I told you, I've been working on noticing because my Capricorn is a Mercury, which is like has made me notice where I get impatient when people don't understand, which I kind of did to you earlier, maybe. And where I notice that <laughs> <laughs> this was off the mic, where I, <laughs> where or where I get condescending or I seem condescending, even if I don't necessarily aware like that I'm feeling that way. It just like I know, oh, I think that just sounded condescending, you know, like I'm able to notice that because I have love for myself. So then I can be like, oh, you, we don't have to like, let's take a step back. And, you know, I can love even the mistakes. And then of yeah. course, apologize if I notice I'm doing it or if somebody were to call me out on it, I'd be like, before I would have been like, oh, God, oh, no, I was condescending. That's the last thing right. in the world. I'm a nice person. I'm a spiritual yeah. person. Or I, I must be terrible. Like, this must, the, yes. like, this is unacceptable. <laughs> right. Exactly. Like, yeah, I'm a spiritual yeah. person. So it's, there's, it, for me to be condescending, it would be the worst thing in the whole world, which I don't <laughs> like that quality. It's how my mom was all the time, and I didn't like it. But now I can be like, oh, okay. You know what? We make mistakes. That's okay. Yeah. All right. We did it. I love it. Okay. Well, yeah. And so we, but to mention our cards from last week, oh. I drew. Um, it was like a thousand uh, years ago. I know. I drew uh, Morning Glory, which was Awakened to Magic, which I actually saw a lot of Morning Glories this oh, week. Oh, that's neat. They're so pretty. And even Ted pointed out some Morning Glories. He's like, oh, what are those guys? I was like, oh, those are Morning Glories. We, <laughs> I pulled guys. a Morning Glory card <laughs> for. <laughs> the podcast this week and you drew um lifting the veil which was questioning everything everything unaligned must go i feel like those two cards apply because so much was happening um i definitely feel like i was awakening to magic as far as like just feeling that that sense of like with all the self-love and the self-clarity i feel pretty empowered to create what I want to create and yeah. kind of, and I did shadow work this week too. I mean, there was a lot of stuff. There were a lot of parts of this week. Yeah. I feel <laughs> like I yeah, lifted both of a those. lot of what wasn't needing to, what needed to go yeah. was like definitely showing itself. And yeah, leaving. Totally. Um, okay. Well, all of the, what you've been talking about really goes with your book that's coming out. Yeah, Did you thank want to you talk for about mentioning that? it. I do. Uh, it's called The Self-Love Superpower, The Magical Art of Approving of Yourself No Matter What. And it comes out in September, but you can pre-order it now. And it really, it's my most personal book I've written yet. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of stories about my feelings of vulnerability and my experiences of learning to love myself more. And um and I and there's a lot of exercises in it, practical exercises for ways to integrate the information. So I highly I think you'll like it. I recommend it. <laughs> you can I find it love at Amazon.com. I mean I haven't thank read it you. yet, but I can't and wait. I pre ordered. Thank you. So yeah, pre ordering really Which helps you did authors, not need to do. But, but I, I did it. I do appreciate it. <laughs> I'm a good person. <laughs> I'm just call it that. Even though I was condescending at some point. <laughs> um, just so you know, Tess didn't tell me that. I told myself that. Um, I, okay. Anyway, and for me, I would like to say that I think 
well, as of this recording, it will be one month's time until my class starts again. So get on that waiting list if you would like the early bird special. If you'd like to know about it as soon as it happens, I'll be telling that list first. I mean, when enrollment starts. Um, and it's my inner child healing class where you really learn how to support yourself, love yourself, um, integrate the parts that are um, not all in one line, you know, that are... it's like arguing with each other <laughs> or not on the same page and giving yourself taking yourself out of the past those past wounds and into the present where you can really care for yourself so you can get on the wait list at highestlighthealing.com all right and we would love for you to give us a call if you have a question you can we have a voicemail our number is 828 333 7181. Is that it? I think so. Yeah, okay. 828-333-7181. on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you have already done so, thank you very much for taking the time to do that. We so appreciate it. We really do. And one more thing um, before we answer a question. Yeah. Or maybe two questions. Yeah. I just want to say if you sign up for our newsletter, which you can do at magicmondaypodcast.com and click subscribe, then you can receive an email whenever a new episode drops with pictures of the cards we draw for each week. And also Natasha sends out a wrap up once a month. That's right. And you know what? While we're here, we might as well do the Magic Monday Podcast housekeeping out of the way. The other place you can find us is Magic Monday Podcast listeners on Facebook. It's a nice little group, Magic Monday Pod on Facebook, just the regular, and Magic Monday Podcast on Instagram. I just figure, you know what? We'll do it all there. Why not? Yeah, I like it. But we do really appreciate those reviews. Okie dokeskies. Ready for a question? This one's from Marissa. She said, hi, Tessa Natasha. Thank you for the beautiful work you do. I have a question regarding family curses. Do they exist? If they do, how does one learn to undo or break the curse? I am suspicious of a recurring instance in my immediate family where if someone in my family moves, a close family member falls ill and passes away. Granted, my family isn't large, but this has happened enough for me to question it and want to break the potential curse. Thank you for your insight. What do you think? Interesting. Well, um, so I do think that, let me just say, I like to start out with curses, (laughs) with kind of shifting the concept around them so because curse if you watch movies and Mm. read books and stuff you kind of could get this idea that a curse Mm -hmm. is just like this very heavy duty strong hard to break thing Mm -hmm. and i feel like we start out you can start out by removing that um sort of heavy sticky energy Mm -hmm. because a big part of that is just kind of it's i mean it's the pattern it's an emotional pattern Mm -hmm. or a belief or an expectation or just an energy pattern so part of starting to dismantle that is realizing oh it doesn't need to be this big heavy thing to me it's more it's more empowering to think of it like 
this is an energetic pattern, maybe like something that's in the Akashic field that once you become clear on, oh, there's this. Oh, like maybe this came from something in the past. You don't even need to know what it was, like somebody or something that happened in the past. Now I see it. I sense it. I'm connected with it energetically. I can now, I can dismantle it. I can clear it out. I can let go of it. So it's like kind of thinking about it as like making an invisible current of energy becoming conscious of it and then setting the intention to let it go so Mm -hmm. yeah I do think there can be family curses um if you think of them like that like a pattern of energy that somehow gets in there Mm -hmm. just because you know you think of families as having um sharing some akashic Mm -hmm. patterns Mm -hmm. and even in many cases when they're traditional families sharing dna or when they're biological families sharing dna which is like an energetic pattern so yeah i think that that can happen but if you would want to shift it i would just kind of like connect with it in meditation or in ritual just here it is here i can kind of feel this pattern or sense it and then um, I always call on Archangel Michael, or sometimes I call on Kali, the Hindu goddess Kali, because she's so powerful at just destroying mm-hmm. energy, <laughs> like a real powerful destroying goddess who you could connect with as Kali, or you could connect with her as another incarnation of like a goddess of destruction. Mm-hmm. To release that. To me, those helpers calling on those helpers, that's like bringing in a divine aspect that you are also interconnected with. It's not like, oh, I'm this weak human, so I'm going to call on this powerful divine entity. It's like you're you're bringing in that current. If we're all one, we're all connected with the divine, mm-hmm. you're bringing in that particular current of power. Mm-hmm. So calling on, like if it feels powerful for you, Archangel Michael or Kali, or maybe there's another sort of uh, divine current that you feel like would be powerful for you. And then just ask this divine being, this current of energy to destroy that pattern. Mm -hmm. Maybe you could even imagine that pattern being replaced by light, Mm -hmm. like a a powerful restructuring positive um, pattern or mandala or spiral of light in the sort of field. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with all of that. And I'll just say that um, the thing like you were saying about curses in media, it's like very much like, oh, God, I could be walking along and someone could curse me and then it would be over. But in my experience and in my work, I always say even with just simple courting from people, you have to agree to it on some level. Like there's some part of there's a picture that like I'm responsible for this person or this is, you know, you there's some agreement. So how I would do it, you could definitely I love what you just said. What I always work with is family or family contracts. So, oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. So, just like even getting in meditation, you can call on Michael or call, you know, to help assist you. Definitely, I would take one of them if since you're probably new to this kind of work so that you just have that extra love divine connection like you said and then you could also just call up the contract make sure it's not in your energy field so like two feet in front of you not inside your aura and just you can again just um you might get a sense like oh ooh, there's something weird going on here like there maybe there might be a family agreement to some kind of invalidation so 
in that way, I would just say you can't control your family members. You know, maybe they came here to work something out. I don't like that word curse. I just want to say it's just so loaded. I'm not going to call it a curse. There just may be some kind of agreement. So you can only do what you can do and to protect yourself and to clear the energy for yourself. But you can just say like, I, you know, imagine the contract updating the present time for the highest and best good of everybody. You could imagine light kind of blasting the contract so it's like releases any invalidation um, into the light. Um, if you may see some cords, you could just ask for the cords to release into the light and then just sign your part of the contract and just say like, if my family's in agreement, may they sign this contract and then send it up to the light and ask Michael to bless it maybe and and send it to the light. Um, that's the only thing, like I have worked with people where they have had pretty heavy family contracts and um, I'm thinking of, you know, it's not often that the family doesn't want to update the contract. I am remembering one client where the family was like, we're not updating this. <laughs> like they were very like when entrenched. you tuned in. Like that's when you right. tuned in to them energetically. Yeah, that's so, right. so our listeners know. That oh, you weren't yeah. calling them on the phone to ask them. You were oh, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so I tuned into them energetically. That's right. And they were, they, energetically, they were very entrenched in that contract. And they were not interested <laughs> in releasing any of yeah. those dynamics. But my client was. So we could update it for her because she agreed to it on a being level, you know. Oh, yeah. The work I do, I never force anybody and you should, I do not recommend forcing anybody, you know, to do anything yeah. if you're sensing that. So yeah, so you, she was in agreement. So she signed the contract energetically and, and, you know, updated it for her. And um, so, you know, but a lot of times everybody is pretty into updating things that are yeah that's a good, good thing to mention is tuning in and remembering also just because it's your family like if they don't want to shift it you, and you do you can yeah. you have that freedom that's right um it's not your but responsibility I also say, to change them yeah yeah like you can do all of this stuff whether or not you think this is actually a family sort of entrenched family pattern mm -hmm. um but it also does sound like it could just sort of be related energetic change because mm -hmm. like moving is a big shift and dying is a big shift births are a big shift you yeah. know like when there are big there's a big energetic movement it doesn't necessarily mean it's a curse if it's yeah. like just a lot's happening like things are shifting you know yeah at, that could those be. things and can happen together they can kind of couple sometimes yeah and when you were just saying that i kind of just got the feeling of like um Maybe there's some kind of belief in the family that they have to let one thing go. Like they can't, there's kind of like a, what do they call it from in that book where you have your, your point of energy that you can only get to a certain point of it. Oh, like upper you have a limit ceiling, problem. Upper limit. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. there's only That's so in like. The gay the big leap. Book. The big leap. Yeah. yeah. Um, the upper limit problem. Yeah. Meaning like you have a certain energy level you're comfortable at and you don't feel comfortable raising your energy level past that. So there may be some kind of energy ceiling going on there where it's like, oh, we can move and make these big changes, but then we have to release something else. It may be. It's just a thought. Maybe Possible. Well, thank you for your question. 
Um, okay, and now we have a voicemail. Hi, Natasha, Tess, and Brett. Um, it's Michelle. I'm a relatively new listener, but I'm really enjoying your podcast. And um, I have a question. So I've been working on a gratitude list every day in a journal, and I understand how important that is. But I have a hard time with it because over the years I've found that things that I was happy about or looking forward to or or feeling good about – they tended to get taken away from me in some way or another. And I feel that, like, if I'm writing them down, I'm kind of jinxing them, I guess. Um, how do I sort that out? I'd sure appreciate any advice you could offer me. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, Michelle, for that voicemail. Um, it's funny because it kind of, um, the first thing I thought of was that upper limit problem when I heard it, too. Like, mm -hmm. it could just be, like, just kind of tuning into it energetically, it does sort of feel like you can allow yourself to imagine it and feel it and even get manifest it on a certain level. But then it's like, no, I can't have it. Like you, I'm seeing mm -hmm. kind of the image of a of a flame getting, you know, taken out. What's the word? For that? Um, extinguished. Extinguished. Or snuffed, yeah. yeah. Um, I was thinking of the evil eye. You know the mm -hmm. the beliefs of about the evil eye in some cultures, like I know in the Italian culture, that like if you're if good things are happening to you and someone looks at you with jealousy, that that's like a kind of a curse uh, called the evil eye. Well, so you want to. So it's like dangerous to kind of be successful or lucky or something because someone might put that energy on you yeah, you know yeah so I do think there's some belief in there and I don't know what it is yeah. not being in a I never go into reading spaces when I take questions um but but that's my instinct is that it's like it's not a jinx I don't even believe no. I don't believe in curses or jinxes no, but I feel like that belief in that evil eye thing is a similar, like it comes yes. from a similar, whatever that is, like, oh, no, don't talk yeah. about, like, actually, I kind of have it. My brother oh. has it, too, because when I was driving with my brother, I was like, oh, we, we avoided the traffic. And then he was real quiet. He's like, I don't ever like to say positive things oh. about traffic, <laughs> which so is funny. so California. But <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like I have that, too, because Ted, I feel like Ted sometimes accidentally acts like the person in a movie, like right before something bad happens, like, oh, oh. now we're home free or something. Oh, I'm like, no, 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 don't say it like that. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, like, I we were do hiking. understand that. Like we were hiking one time and it was raining and it was so cold. And then he turned and said, at least it's not hailing. And then it started hailing. Of course. Oh of God. course. That's hilarious. I always am like, don't, don't. So, oh my God. <laughs> so a little That's bit, I guess so I have funny. it too. But I think with this situation, I, I'm sensing like, parts work like do like internal family systems i mean that's what i would do right now like that a kind of a shadow investigation like what is that that is making me feel like concerned when i feel grateful yes. for something it's almost like those are coupled for you like oh if i oh, express gratitude i got such a what? hit that this is related to her mother when you said that Oh, interesting. There's something going on there. Like maybe her mom would tell her like, oh, don't be or like, watch out things. Maybe she has something like that. Like 
with the jinxy thing. But yeah, I hear what you're saying about the, um, but that might be internalized. And so she has that part inside, but you'll find that yeah. out by talking to the inner child, talking to that part that's afraid. That's like, okay, well, how are you feeling? Like just getting curious about that. What are you worried about? You know? Or, yeah. And also, how did that feel when that thing that you created went away? Like, talk to me about that time, because it may be um, that there's probably a reason for each one, but it does feel like there's some kind of energetic ceiling again going on here. Yeah, I mean, you could also, like, I mean, I think that that part's where, like, going in and seeing, sitting in the one space, the one seat as the self or the loving parent, and then being like, okay, who's grateful? Who's worried when that gratitude comes up? How can we kind of, like just parent these parts of us in a really loving way yeah um but also gratitude you could also kind of maybe come at it in a different way where you start to get used to it by saying like oh i'm if you're doing gratitude work like i'm grateful for peanut butter i'm grateful for the sky i'm grateful for roses like stuff that you don't have to worry so much is going to disappear from your life forever and then kind of maybe move forward in that that's just another idea to kind of open more space up there every time you talk i'm getting more ideas yeah because when you said that it was like oh it feels like there's some kind of lack mentality too like, yeah. you know, like, oh, if, like, I can only have so much. It's very similar yeah, or if, to the other question. It's interesting. I know things come in patterns yeah. like that. But yeah, and then you can start to learn to, I feel like that's the opening up your heart too of like, I feel like that is in a way that's always connected where when you really, really love someone, it is connected to like, oh, well, this, I could lose this person and you could. Any yeah. day, at yeah. any time. So learning to kind of be in a space. <laughs> what? We all die. It was just like, <laughs> <laughs> we do. Yeah. It could happen any time. Yeah. Um, and so it like we could be in denial about that or we could learn how to open our hearts into that even more and be like, oh, okay, then I'm going to really love this moment because in this moment, this They're person here. is here with yeah. me. And you can only do that if you're not merged or blended with your scared part your inner child that's scared you know if you if you're merged with that part that thinks there's lack that is afraid of things going away it's a lot harder to appreciate it because that part of you is terrified so that's why you want to connect to your loving parent connect to that part of you that has compassion that knows that's just a part of you that's something that's yeah, and been you can really ask helpful. that part of you, what do you need in order to feel comfortable? How yeah. did you, like, maybe there was a trauma that kind of coupled that. those things, like feeling joy and then c- connected with feeling fear. Yeah. You know, just kind of look deeply, do some them. shadow work. Yeah, exactly. But I just talk, the thing that I keep reiterating um, to myself, like, especially with the inner critic, is like, oh, this is just a part. It's just a part. You know, I've, it's just a part of me. This is not the whole thing because right. those voices, the fears, the inner child being scared, the inner critic being scared too, but coming out in different ways feels like it's like you. But it's it's mm-hmm. just not you. It, it's just a part of you. That's not who yeah, you. Yeah, really or true. Are. Like since the the since I've been doing more internal family system stuff, <laughs> I have been noticing like the stories some parts of me will tell. Like, oh, this means this. And it's like 
I don't know that at all. Like that is so just a story that was completely made up yes. that I have no proof of. And so then it's so empowering because then you can be like, well, I could make up another story just as easily yeah. <laughs> that maybe feels a little better. Yeah, yeah. Um, I will. Yeah, we're going to get into more of that during the energy report. But now we're going to be interviewing... Our guest, Evo Dominguez Jr., who we really had a great time interviewing. So you want to read his bio? Yep. Evo Dominguez Jr. has been active in Wicca and the pagan community since 1978 and has been teaching since 1982. Evo is a founding member and former high priest of Keepers of the Holy Chalice, the first assembly of the Sacred Wheel Coven. He currently serves as one of the elders of the 14 ASW covens. Evo has been published in numerous periodicals and is the author of The Four Elements of the Wise, Keys to Perception, A Practical Guide to Psychic Development, Casting Sacred Space, The Core of All Magical Work, and Spirit Speak, Knowing and Understanding Spirit Guides, Ancestors, Ghosts, Angels, and the Divine, among other works. In his mundane life, he has been a computer programmer, the executive director of an AIDS HIV service organization, a bookstore owner, and many other things. Evo, welcome. We are so happy to have you on the show today. Welcome. I'm delighted. <laughs> so your book, The Four Elements of the Wise, or Four Elements of the Wise, is mm -hmm. excellent. I love it so much. I didn't get to read all of it. It is a reference book. It does deserve time, time and attention. But I do know that this is a book that has needed to exist. And then you wrote it. We needed this book in the pagan community because... As you mentioned, elements have been discussed in a sort of human-centric way in the past mm -hmm. and kind of like just touched on and not really gone into in depth. So, yeah, maybe tell us a little bit about um, deciding to write this and your path with exploring or learning about the elements in this spiritual dynamic way. You know, I, I think it starts with how I got into this pagan spiritual witchcraft called metaphysical community and in, in that for me at the same time that I was first choosing witchcraft and I'd already explored a lot as a young person a lot of different things I was officially raised Catholic it didn't quite work out um, <laughs> but uh, I was learning about witchcraft pretty much at the same time that I was learning about astrology hmm. and though they both use the four elements they use them in very different ways Mm. I'm going to say I was kind of bilingual in that I kind of spoke both elemental languages at the start of, of my process so that they always felt to me like they were critically important. Like they were, they were the foundation when I got started and I always viewed them with reverence because of that rather than, Hey, this is something I can pick up really quickly and immediately put to use, which, the downside is you can learn enough about the elements to use them for your own personal growth or to observe them in the world or use them in healing or magic. But I, I, I arrived at it from the, this is deep and important and how the universe is made first and then found out about all those other things 
So for me, it was a logical outgrowth of, of my own journey. Beyond that, I, uh, in my head, all my books are actually one big book. And the books are, are each a chapter in the big book. So I am systematically over time trying to commit to paper those things that I wish I had when I was starting out. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, what in, in, in the old days you taught. Uh, I was saying in the olden days, there was the idea of, oh, when, when, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. And I don't love that anymore. And it, I'll, I'll tell you why and why I think the books are important. The population of people that are interested is way bigger than the number of people that they'll have personal one-on-one -on -one teacher relationship with. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Plus there does seem to be a big problem often with the teacher, spiritual teacher student <laughs> relationship. Yeah. Not always, but yeah. often. But often. Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious about yeah. what you said. Yeah. Um, talking about the difference between the pagan way of looking at it and the astrological way. Is can you talk about that? Yeah, so so uh, now this isn't I'm gonna speak in bell-shaped curves because when you're talking about populations of people. It's kind of, I'm going to say what the majority is, not what the full range of who is. So I would say most astrologers, at least when I was first being trained, honestly, were not actually into magic of any sort. Hmm. It, was, it was strictly viewed as either a tool for psychological development or spiritual development, or also to some degree for predictive value. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it was viewed... Uh, as as kind of a sacred science and viewed as a way to approach those things. Whereas where I was getting it from the uh, people that were teaching me about witchcraft or magic was that the elements were also beings. So there was a greater focus on seeing the elements and the elementals in that broader animistic sense of everything is alive. Everything has spirit, including those things that we call the elements that uh, are different than the plants and animals and us, but nonetheless, spirits nonetheless. So I think that there was a different overall perspective of these are forces versus these are beings. Yeah, oh, I love that. You know, I, I find your book to be so interesting because I... Like I came to a different understanding of the elements when I started studying feng shui because the mm. um, the five element yeah. system is, uh, sorry, uh -oh. you froze for a second. So <laughs> you're, you're back. Yeah. Okay. Um, be, because the five element system is dynamic. So in, in it, there, there are similarities, but they are different, but in feng shui, Very. in Taoism, um, in acupuncture, you know, the five elements are earth, air, or I'm sorry, earth, wood, metal, water, and mm -hmm. what am I leaving out? Uh, wood, <laughs> earth, metal, water, and fire. And mm -hmm. um, they work together dynamically. It's like right. one nourish, each one nourishes one and each one depletes mm -hmm. one. And they all have ways that they move. And then you can see in it's it, basically what I'm trying to say is it, it's a language. It becomes a language, becomes a right. way of making invisible forces visible, like seeing like, oh, this is this room has an excess of fire. The person uh -huh. who lives in this room may have some addiction 
perspective problems or may have some anger issues. Like, so it's like a way of uniting the physical and the spiritual, like seeing more deeply Mm -hmm. and seeing how these invisible Mm -hmm. sort of currents work together. And what I love about your book is that it, in like Western magic and Western occultism, you, you do that, you show that these, these are not just like, oh, you know, you face Mm -hmm. North and you call earth. I mean, that's part of it, but there's so much more to it, which I feel like often in paganism, this is kind of what you hear is like, oh yeah, that it's earth. It's associated with grounding. It's in the North, you know? Mm. So yeah, I love how you do that. The, the other thing is that there is no such thing as one right system. And oh, yeah. I, I try yeah. to, to point that out over and over again. And there's so many different ways of viewing the elements. And I even say that in my head, the word element in this book is about the classic four elements of the wise, which is the term in witchcraft used for the elements. But, uh, you know, the Chinese elements are more about states of process, whereas the four elements of the wise are states of being. Yeah. So, but the idea of the word element is, is something that is a building block of the universe. And it's also something that allows you to have, a, as you said, a language, but a way for the mind to hang on to it and actually think it and observe it. Yeah. You know, when I'm, ta- when I'm talking about astrology, I think of the planets as the equivalent of elements. Uh-huh. Because they are fundamental building blocks that hold particular properties. So... Yeah, there is there is uh, a lot of arguing that occurs over what I consider to be the less important stuff. Mm. So people argue about which colors or which directions or which object represents which, and that's kind of like people arguing like, no, the key of B flat is better than 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 A. It's like, <laughs> yeah, really, <laughs> right? That's funny. That's what it sounds like to me. Yeah. Yeah, it's like it's kind of a a creative way of communicating about invisible properties or spirits Mm -hmm. within the physical Mm -hmm. world or the non-physical world. Mm -hmm. And I love, too, how you talk about fire being the ascending force, water the descending Mm -hmm. force, air the distributive force and earth the compressive force. Because that, again, to me, there that is there's a lot of parallel in the Chinese elements, like there's a movement for each of the elements. It's you know, there's just so much more to it in the way that you describe it. You bring it to life. And, and that's classic alchemy. Mm-hmm. That part, those, which, which is often left out when people start doing any, any magical work nowadays. Yeah, yeah. It makes me think of when I think about like, for instance, if someone has a problem grounding someone, mm-hmm. no. <laughs> when I have a problem, grounding, yeah. like, Nobody we know. <laughs> I think about now, like, oh, if I'm thinking about it, I mean, I do think about it as like earth energy, but I'm just wondering mm-hmm. now with a more animistic approach, like if I could think of it sort of like, what's my relationship with this energy? Yeah. How can we like communicate better? What's going in the way of our communication? That's what this is making me think with all of the elements. Yeah. 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 And all right. So let's go with the mystic thing and the grounding thing for a moment. So part of it is to actually either make peace with or to make friends with or to come to a relationship with each of these things. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we think that 
so so here's the classic one I like to give for people that have a more mystical bent and don't like to ground or don't ground as, as well because they like to go off into into the yeah, other realms yeah, or into spirit. That, that's Natasha. <laughs> Think of it this way. A kite flies better when it has a good solid connection to earth. Mm, the kite yeah. can go really high because if, if, if you if you cut the string, it waffles around in the air and it gets yeah. carried around and it may not end up or do any of the things you want it to do, whether it's go higher or, or do loop to loops in the air. Yeah. But it's that it's that grounding tether to earth that allows it to fly better. Yeah. So figure so, so it's about figuring out the ones that we're weak on or are conflicted about. Uh, it, it's it's an opportunity to figure out, OK, how can I flip the script on that? Because everything has multiple sides. So there has to be a way in which it actually serves your, your desires rather than, than uh, obstructs them. Yeah. yeah. And it does make me think just when you said that, like, we we're here to experience all of it. Well, yes. like whenever I right. do leave this body, then I'll just be up there and I won't be dealing with the mm -hmm. earth at all. But so there must be some reason that I'm here to embrace that part. I like that. Yeah. And, and, and honestly, um, everybody has to, for, for example, uh, I'll, I'll give you a, a quick, quick trick about uh, how opposites are present in this as well. So if you were to look at my birth chart, I don't have a single mm -hmm. planet in a single air sign. Oh, wow. And yet, I am a jabberbox. And uh, I, I love to talk and I love to think. And, and what I've seen again and again is that when you notice that somebody has a notable absence of an element, either when you look at their birth chart or you're examining other, other ways of, of checking out their, their elemental mix, if you will, that either if they have none of it or very little of it, they're kind of deficient in that function or because they don't have any, the universe provides a crap ton because nature hates a vacuum. Oh yeah. And, and, and it creates a polarity that draws that into you. So the other mm -hmm. bit is if you have something that you think you lack, then flip the script and say, oh, because I don't have it built in, I can borrow as much as I need from oh, elsewhere. Yeah, you can magnetize it. Yeah, I love that. Right, right, right. And even just like you can even kind of psychologically tune into that. Like maybe you're really attracted yep. to that air element because it's so because exotic to you. It's 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 so different. I've got yeah. a polarized tongue to it. Yeah, I really like that. Unless, so I've decided, unless I've decided to create an obstacle and say, no, I can't do that. Oh, yeah. That like a belief. Right. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of yeah. your birth chart, what is your sun, moon, and rising? <laughs> All right. So, so I have my sun in Sag, my rising is in Sag, my moon is in Scorpio. Ooh, oh, wow. I love it. So sparkly yeah. and mystical. And and, and uh, sun and moon are both in the twelfth. Uh, oh. Yeah, my sun's in the twelfth too, and my moon is in the yeah. eighth. So it's similar. And my moon oh, that, is in the twelfth. Is that right? No, <laughs> I can't remember houses. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that is true. Your oh, okay. is in the 12th. Your son is in the ninth. I thought it was in the eighth, but it's in the ninth, but it's okay. almost, it's like right. The first degree. Of the but, but, but yeah, yeah, but the 12th house son, I mean, the 12th house is going to draw you towards spiritual stuff and otherworldly stuff. If yeah. you have other marks in the chart for it. So, and the eighth yeah. house is going to take you down deep and the ninth house wants you to learn everything in the universe. So, oh, that makes sense. For 
especially with the because you're always learning and it's on the cusp of the ninth and the eighth that situation yeah yeah but okay. yeah but the elements okay. go, i'll shut up I, oh no like you i want to i want to hear what you're gonna say yeah i, I was just i was just gonna say that uh you know we humans uh rely upon words images names in order to have you know conscious linear thought and that's the other thing i'm going to throw in there is that even though it may be a goal to include other kinds of consciousness or expand your connection to different layers or different parts of yourself you know what feeding your 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 normal waking consciousness is part of that grounding and tethering it's a different it's a different way of looking what it means to be grounded and tethered mm-hmm. but if you feed it with enough ideas and symbols and concepts it doesn't get in the way of your other work it actually mm-hmm. encourages it yeah you know i felt like that when i learned feng shui that it was very grounding like mm-hmm. to learn the way the elements interact and to learn the way about the bagua which is the different um centers right? of the right. home like it was mm-hmm. like oh like what a relief i have this sort of language now to envision yeah. like what's going on underneath like how can i just see and work with these energies so you know what i was going to ask you was um do in the, the way that you work with elements, do they each uh, interact? Do they have like specific ways that you know that they interact with each other? Yes, but, uh, but I'm going to describe it this way. All right. So uh, probably I'm going to guess common belief that uh, the three of us on this uh, Zoom call have is that everything's alive. It has spirit in some fashion. Yes. And the universe is all interconnected. Yes. Mm-hmm. So far, so good, right? And that probably beings like ourselves are a small reflection of the whole and contain a, a little map of, of the universe within. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Imagine for a moment things like lungs, heart, liver, whatever. Parts of us that are within us that are part of this whole, but have specific functions and relationship to other things within that system, right? Mm. I think the elements are like organs in the body of the universe yeah. so that they, they don't have each element doesn't have like the whole map of the whole universe like we do, but they know how they have to relate to the other parts that make up the whole. So there is a, so there is a, it still remains like the heart remains the heart, the lungs remain the lungs, et cetera. But there is a feedback and an interaction between all the parts in order to maintain the whole. Yeah. So I think that the elements have within them, the, the pattern of relationship to how everything else is, even though they don't have all the, all four elements. Yeah. So words, like, so, so like if you have so, an excess of fire, then water can help balance it and maybe air can help fuel well, it. Like yeah, for example. Yeah. 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 But more than that. So, um, so that uh, when you look at anything in the physical world, uh, in the man, in, in the manifest reality or the earth plane, whatever, whatever you call it, Everything here is mixed. There's nothing on the earth plane that is one element. It's always a mixture of it, though the proportions vary pretty dramatically. Yeah. It's crystal in my hand. Uh, in order for that to happen, that you know, you think people automatically go to earth, they see a rock, they see a crystal, and yet it came into being in a liquid environment. Um, and, hold on one second, the, Eva. You cut, you're kind of slow, freezing. My internet's crappy. Yeah, yeah, just maybe pause uh, and then start what you were just saying sure. over again. Sorry about yeah, that. Yeah, no I didn't hear starting with the um, 
I think you said you're holding a crystal. Or like a right crystal forms yeah, yeah. a certain yeah, yeah. way. I'll start, over. I'll start okay. over. I'm sorry. I live out in the country and my internet's not always good. I totally anyway. understand that. I have a similar yeah. situation. Okay. Yeah, we're all in so, the So imagine... <laughs> Oh, good. So uh, imagine, imagine that I'm holding uh, a quartz crystal and the people think of when he's holding a quartz crystal is they go straight to the idea of it's earth. It represents earth. And yet, because it's a physical object in the manifest world, you know, it was born in a liquid environment. It was born in, in, in liquid where the molecules knew where they could actually fit to form that crystal. Hmm. Um, and uh, it, it, there, there, were, there was uh, water, all, all elements, fire, water, earth, and air were involved in creating that crystal. And each of those is in a sense, its parent and its ancestor. Yeah. It contributed to its formation. Though when we look at it, it's primarily gonna resonate to the idea of earth, but it knows because it was born in that. How about this? Uh, every, the elements are ultimately our oldest ancestors. Mm, yeah. They're the, our, and each, each thing that exists in the physical world had to come into being by the work of all the elements. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love so, that. so, so they know how to behave or how to sing in the chorus or dance in the big dance or however you want to visualize this interplay between all the things uh, and because, you know, when you look at a flame, let's say I've got a candle and I've got a flame in front of me. All right. Once again, we're primarily going to identify that as fire. It's a flame. And yet um, it is also, and this is, I'm taking a different direction. Everything that like calls to like, you've probably heard the idea of the resonance between all things, right? So that means that every flame that is anywhere calls to the flame of metabolism within us, yeah. the flame that is the burning of the sun, the flame. Mm. So everywhere in the universe that there is fire is connected to that one candle flame. Yeah. Everywhere where there is a drop of, of liquid, there is a connection to all the other, everywhere where a form has been chosen, a pattern has been chosen, which is, because you know what? It's better to think of earth as pattern rather than, than just density. Yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah, I love this. And this now we're like getting to like, how magic works. Um, yeah. But sorry, I Natasha. Just, no, it's just, it's okay. I was just thinking like the first thing you said about the ancestors that makes me think of like my mom who um, we had a difficult relationship and she was very earthy. And I'm just thinking about how, like, if I look oh. at it, like part of me may have blocked some of the earth, even though I actually have all three earth signs in my chart so it's right. like it's there it's but there. like yeah so I might be blocking some of it because of my relationship to her and like oh how she channels the earth is not something how I want how I wanted to channel the earth right so like right. I can heal it partially I can look at that relationship and like befriend those earth yeah qualities yeah, and you know Absolutely. what it made me think of was um, when I did a crystal grid one time on mm -hmm. a frozen 
creek. So there's a creek by my house mm-hmm. that was frozen and I put a cloth and I created a crystal grid on top of it and the sun was coming down and then like it, it was kind of melting the stones into the t- the surface a little bit uh-huh. and I uh-huh. was really feeling and sensing the vibration of my intention going into all the waters of the world mm-hmm. and like creating a mm-hmm. structure throughout mm-hmm. just to kind of uh-huh. reminded me of that when you were talking about the elements being connected to all of the like elements. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. Absolutely. So I have a question for you. Um, This has been a burning question that I have had for many years about the elements, and maybe you will have some thoughts on it. Um, So you talk in the book about the four powers of the magus, um, and those are each associated with one of the elements. So air is the power to know, fire is the power to will, water is Mm -hmm. the power to dare, and earth is the power to keep silent. So what I'm wondering is why is water the power to dare? I feel like I intuitively feel it. Like I can kind of feel it intuitively, like why the water element would be associated with the power to dare. But I wonder if you've like thought about that and you have any... Anything you can share. All right. All right. So, so in most systems of Western magic, uh, water is most closely associated with emotions, the powers of the heart, the power of cycles of life, of memory, of, of giving value to things because emotion is, is, is actually our measure of value for things, right? Yeah. So the power to dare is, is, is really the power of courage or the power to be you know, trusting in your emotions or the power to trust how you feel about the situation. Yeah. So un- unless you're, you're, you're embracing, embracing your emotions and are okay with whatever they may be about what you're doing, then you can't dare. You can't try if you, if you don't believe. Yeah. And belief is also an emotion. To live with the, uh, the courage to live with an open heart. Yeah. And that's yeah. not an easy one. But no, but I mean, I, dare, oh, go ahead. But if you dare, but if you but if you do something that's taking a risk, you're daring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the intuitive way I connected with it was just thinking of water, like thinking of the ocean, like being so giant and thinking of huge waterfalls pouring down like that just does feel like that energy of to dare, but you're right. It's connected with emotion and that, that courage to open your heart. And then that unleashes that power. I think water is so interesting because it does seem so soft, but well, like in the, the Tao Te Ching, the softest thing in the world overcomes the hardest thing in the world. The water right. like wears away right. the rock and turns it into right. sand and creates the Grand Canyon. You know, it's so powerful, but it is also so soft. And also in terms of emotion, just allowing mm-hmm. it to move. Because, yeah. you know, I hear from so many people, they're afraid. Yeah. Oh my God, if I feel my feelings are going to overtake me. Yeah. And it's just that the bravery of allowing it all to just, oh. yeah, move. Learning how to open up to let that just pour through and get honest about it. And yeah. Yeah. Do either of you near live uh, near to a beach or have been swimming in the ocean I know I live in Colorado. I just visited the beach though recently. My family lives in California. So uh, one of, uh, I spent a good chunk of my childhood in Florida. So I spent a lot of time in the water Mm. and to some degree in Delaware, when we moved here, the the water's awfully cold most of the year. But one of the things that uh, happens occasionally is we have uh, riptides and rip currents. 
and a lot of people drown. Mm. And the instruction that is given, uh, and, and I learned it early, actually saved one of my cousins from a rip current because her parents couldn't swim and I could. Oh, so, wow. so what you're supposed to do when you find that it's dragging you further out to sea is you don't fight against the current, you swim parallel to it. And eventually you find the place where the current isn't strong anymore. And you can either float until somebody rescues you or swim your way back to shore. But you always lose the current. And in this case, I'm going to say, when you've got that powerful emotion that you're afraid is going to take over, it is, but it's going to drop you when it's done. Yeah. And you'll be able to get back <laughs> to shore. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or that... you could also say that if you are, if you have the parallel, if you have the parallel yeah. of being centered in yourself, so you can kind of, right. yeah, go along with it. Yeah instead but, of going into it. Yeah, that reminds me of how I like to, I talk about, when I talk about clearing clutter, it's like a way of clearing emotions. And so I talk about mm -hmm. playing music to get energy moving, but to play music that is in alignment with how you feel. Like, because people I right. think often will think, oh, I, well, I don't want to feel mad or I don't want to feel sad. So I'm going to play happy music and try to, but I feel like that's not the way emotions work. If you play angry music when you're angry, then it helps resonate with that anger and it helps move it out, which is mm -hmm. really similar to that parallel, moving in a parallel motion with the current. Yeah, we, we, we rarely win when we fight uh, the uh, powers. Yeah. 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 We don't win. We yeah. get stuck no. in it or taken under. No. Yeah. It's like when I fight authority, authority always wins. Mm. <laughs> John Cougar Mellencamp. Uh, is that who that? Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, yeah. Do you have any? Should we? I feel like we need to wrap up. Okay. Well, yeah, I don't. I, I could talk to you about this forever. This is like my favorite kind of, kind of conversation. I just want to say. <laughs> Talking about stuff like, oh, yeah, like these currents, this, when when you're able to talk about these invisible currents in a way that is, we all know what we're talking about. It's just, this is why I love talking about magic. Yeah. Yeah, there is. I do want to, there's, you have a whole chapter on the elements in the threefold way, which I'm really interested in, but I don't know if you can talk about that. Can you touch on I, it quickly? I, I, before I can touch on enough way? just to get people to think about it. Okay, and uh, it, it started with, with my intro to this through through the joint doors of astrology and witchcraft, but also later on came in with uh, theosophy and and the, you know the seven rays and the three rays and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But how about this? Uh, in in astrology, you have twelve signs. The reason you have twelve signs is you have four elements and three modalities: cardinal, fixed, and mutable. Mm -hmm. And each of the elements exists in a cardinal form, a fixed form, an immutable form. Mm. So as a, for example, uh, in my, my first teacher of astrology used to do a dance. She actually danced the 12 signs as part of her teaching process. And she had specific motions that she did for the cardinal signs and for the fixed signs and the mutable. But here's the thing, cardinal is about the power of coming into being or the force to be, the, the energy that drives the sap up the trees in spring. So whether it's fire, water, earth, fire, water, or air in astrology, but you can think of it in all four elements in, in nature, there's that power that is that forceful version of it, that coming into being. Now, people hear the word fixed and they think static, inert. No, when you're standing on one foot, maintaining balance, that's fixed. 
when your body's maintaining its blood temperature and heart rate, it's a fixed thing. It's about maintaining and becoming fully self and becoming balanced. And mutable is about shifting and turning and allowing you to unfold and eventually dissolve into what comes next. So that the elements, as you look at the wheel of the zodiac, and then you can apply this to all four elements, are doing this three pulse stance of cardinal fixed mutable, coming, coming into being, directing will, becoming fully self, and then transmuting to something else. And that's the pattern that repeats. But each of the elements exists in those three different flavors. Also applied to the three rays, the lower self, middle self, higher self, and a whole bunch of other things. So that you can look at them as a different kind of nuanced flavor of the elements. Mm, I love that. Yeah. Well, we loved having you and talking to you about this. Fun. So yeah. interesting. Yeah, really uh, great. Yeah. So tell everybody where can they get your book everywhere? The four elements of the wise. It's available everywhere. Wiser has wide distribution. However, I always encourage people, if you have a local pen shop, support them first. We need to have them survive. If that's not available, you know, then go to a big box shop or a online source. But you can find them just about anywhere, honestly. And if you want to find me, evodominguesjr.com. It's an unusual enough name that if you sort of start typing in, it'll, it'll <laughs> probably find its way to me. Great. Well, thank you so much, Evo. Yeah, this is great. Thank you. Okay, I really love talking to him. Me too. I like how we get to talk to really interesting people about interesting things. It's fun. What if we talk to interesting people about boring things? (laughs) I wouldn't like it as much. Not as much. much. Or boring people about interesting things. Mm, maybe. <laughs> Just some spin-off <laughs> podcast ideas. Yeah. Yeah. Tune in to those. Keep an eye out. Um, all right. Well, now it's time for the Energy Report. I loved it. Thank you. When in it, I never know where I'm going to go with it. <laughs> all right. Well. The energy report is the trend that I'm feeling into for the week ahead based on, you know, lots of things. My clients, myself, the astrology, just tuning in. Um, so it's interesting because it does feel like, I mean, certainly based on my clients and myself, this last week has been a lot for a lot of people, like a lot of real in-depth, like what isn't working in relationships and like what really has felt bad that's been really entrenched in there and wanting to release it already and like I say already not as a judgment but just like it feeling getting to the point where it's just like too heavy and let's I keep seeing chords like unentangling disentangling yeah either way um but So that's been happening, right? And I am feeling into, though, both with there's a full moon in Aquarius happening Saturday, and then there's also just Leo season happening. And even though those two things are opposite, it's kind of feeling similar to me in the vibe I'm getting, which is this vibe of like doubling down on owning who you really are, like shining your light and letting that shit out. (laughs) like really feeling it so I'm going to tell just like a quick brief story which is that um the other day that 
goes with this. The other day I was walking my dogs and I was wearing this shirt that nobody's really like seen because it's like a shirt I wear running, but it's a silly shirt. It's a funny shirt. And um, I was walking my dogs and I ran into a friend of mine. And then at the end of the conversation, he was like, I like your shirt. And he like, you know, thought it was funny. And I was like, oh, thanks. And I walked away and I felt so happy that he, he like understood the joke and like appreciated it. You know, I felt yeah. really appreciated. But then part of me was resisting it because I was like, this is so like, don't. Don't you don't need outside validation to oh. confirm your funniness <laughs> and your that you made a good choice with this shirt and like I really was like just tame it down just tame it down and then I was like okay hold on I'm gonna tune into the part of myself that enjoyed that compliment and I I tuned in I expected to see my inner child there like just like. I don't know, feeling kind of ashamed about it or something. But instead, what I saw was this version of myself, this like I was a puppy dog lying on its back, getting its belly scrubbed, like it was like yeah. belly rubbed, like just like so happy, like, ah, felt good, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and then I was like, I actually talked to Brett about it because um, at first I was like, oh, God, I'm so needy <laughs> because I was working with the needy stuff. I wasn't even that judgy or anything, but I was just like, whoa, that's that's me being needy. OK, Aww. I need validation. But then Brett was like, I actually think that was very healthy because like it's healthy to like enjoy the validation. And like it's not like you were like, I hope he notices my shirt. If he doesn't notice my shirt, I'm going to be <laughs> <Right>. so upset. <laughs> In fact, I kind of forgot I was, you know, what it was. And. Um, so I was just like, oh, yeah, what's that feeling of just like enjoying this expression of who I am? You know, like one of the things I express, like I'm enjoying that. I'm going to enjoy that. Yeah. Um, and feeling into the difference between that and like, OK, I'm going to put this out there. And if I just I just hope people like it. I just hope people like it. And if if they don't, oh, God, I'm going to feel so bad, right. you know, as opposed to like, oh, this is this is me. And. Yeah. You know, and it does go back to that thing I was saying earlier with the my mother judging me and me just feeling like I can't really enjoy compliments because it's basically like, okay, I got one. I avoided the judgment. Like <laughs> a compliment oh, yeah. was really just a way to avoid a judgment as opposed to like, oh, they're seeing me. It's like, no, I passed mm -hmm. like one level of this video game and now it's, it's an endless video game <laughs> of avoiding yeah. judgment. Yeah. Instead of just like taking in this joy. So that's what I have to say this week about the energy report is like tuning into what makes you you. Like that could be tuning into what are your core essences? What is it that you love about life? Like what do you love yeah. about living this life and shining your it doesn't even have to be about shining your light, but what is it that makes you you? And then just like yeah. really enjoying that. And then if people notice it enjoying that like yeah yeah so that you're right there is a similarity there with Aquarius full moon and the Leo season I never like noticed being that. your unique self exactly I, I mean because they are opposites on the astrology you know but each opposite contains itself yeah yeah 
What? That's not how it is. It is it? Opposites. Everything contains its opposite. <laughs> not each opposite contains itself. Oh, well, I knew what you meant. And I, yeah. that's what I thought <laughs> I was hearing in my head. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. I've never noticed that before because it's usually like Leo's about itself and Aquarius is about community. But it's really Aquarius is also about, yeah, being its unique self and yeah. and then the Leo's shining it. So that's what I encourage this week. Even if you're still assimilating this cancer stuff, um, just you can also help that assimilation this time by owning the power of who you are. Yeah, I love it. All right. Okay, so now it's time for Practical Magic. So I also was tuning into Leo season and the Aquarius full moon, and I intuitively connected. I really feel like what you were connecting with was something I intuitively connected with too. And the way I'm feeling like we can really work magic this week is on the full moon, which is Friday to do a big ritual like a big manifestation ritual tune in and and it is really like tuning in to i mean i don't know if you have this if everyone has this i feel like maybe they do right now or a lot of people have like one big thing like oh this feels very magical this feels very expansive yeah. this is something i really want to create right now like that this could be something that you do a, a spell for a ritual for this friday um and you could do it like take a bath take a sea salt bath or take a shower kind of ritually cleanse and purify yourself put on some something you feel magical in or comfortable in and then light a candle and from your heart I mean you could call on the divine in a way that you that feels powerful for you and then speak from your heart like this is what I'm calling in and thank you for helping me manifest this as you're communicating with the angel or the mm. divinity or who or your ancestors or whoever you called on for help you could call on all of those or you could just call on the divine or god goddess all that is and then speak like thanks for helping me manifest this it feels so great kind of get into that energy i feel so grateful because you know all of these ways that you can kind of speak how it feels to be in that energy of having that already manifested and then feel the the gratitude for it and you could put little other little touches into your ritual that's a very basic ritual but it feels like there's going to be a lot of energy you can tap into for manifestation because I feel like you have that ability to align like what's my pure true core essence how do I want to shine my light in the world yeah. and like that will align you with your power in a way that will help you magnetize what you want just get very clear on that and even like that Leo and Aquarius energy of feeling like entitled mm. to that support and entitled to that. It's funny you bring that up. That's something I'm really feeling into. Remember, I told you that Jonah Hill, I was like, I use Jonah Hill as an example for myself as like a role model, kind of, not a role model, but like an example to my subconscious. And you were like, Jonah Hill. <laughs> and that's like, well, because I thought maybe it was like a, like a text glitch like that your phone interpreted it I was like because it, it was out I, I hadn't heard you mention anything about it before and you said it like I should already know like you were like oh I'm trying to channel that energy and also just Jonah Hill generally and I was like Jonah Hill oh my gosh that's funny you're like yes yeah, absolutely actually. 
That is exactly yeah. what I meant to yeah. say. Yeah, just because he had to me, he he exudes this confidence and like kind of entitlement, but not in a bad way. Mm-hmm. Just like this, like, oh yeah, I'm here and I'm yeah. showing my stuff. I wonder what his sign is astrologically. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So anyway, sorry to interrupt, but I just lo- I've been really tuning into that feeling of that. And did I mention that dream I had about Amy Schumer on the podcast? I don't, um, I'm not sure. I don't know if I did, but it's very quick. It's just a very similar thing where she was just who where I feel like she shows up in that way, too. Like, this is who I am. You take mm-hmm. me or leave me, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. And I just I had a dream where she basically was like, why are you pretending you're not great? Like, just stop it. Yeah. Like, come on. Yeah. I mean, I knew that that, that happened. I just wasn't sure if you told me or if you told. Oh, OK. The well, there you but go. if either way, I enjoyed hearing it twice, though. <laughs> Probably our listeners did too. Well, this <laughs> if is, they heard it twice. So Jonah Hill's a Sagittarius, which makes sense. That mm, uh, it does kind of seem like, in a way, like kind of that Aquarius and Leo energy mix. Yeah, I could see that Sagittarius. The weird thing is, he's Capricorn rising, which also makes sense because he has a successful career for a long time. You're mm-hmm. also Capricorn rising and Cancer Moon. Oh, I love Jonah Hill. <laughs> yeah, he's really, I mean, I like his energy. I don't know him personally, but I do really like him. Yeah. Anyway, to, it was, did you have more to say there? Did I? Just... No, that's it. Okay, great. Well, you can find me at highestlighthealing.com. I'm going to tell you this and then we're going to pick cards. Um. <laughs> <laughs> You didn't. You didn't feel totally great about this. Well, segue. I just realized if you haven't heard this before, they may turn it off. And when we start telling our oh, stuff, oh right, so yes. I just want to there's say, more. There, wait, there's wait, more there's after this. more. Um, yeah, it reminded me of the time when I was 15 and I was with my friend and we were smoking pot. We got we were high and then we went to get tickets to see. We went to see Clue. Did I tell you this? I'm not sure. No, it's. A, I'm just going to tell this story. Anyway, yeah. that's all there really is to it. We went to go see Clue, <laughs> and I was really high. It was like one of the first times I was ever high in public, which I never am good at anyway. And I was like, I forgot how to order tickets. <laughs> and she was like, I'll do it. I'll do it. And then, and then she went there. She goes, Clue, we both want to see it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that probably worked. I, I, and well, kind of, it all went, it was terrible because I started laughing so hard. <laughs> to this day, I remember that. And I could That's not hilarious. stop laughing, like, for 10 minutes. <laughs> and she pointed That's... to us both. Clue. We both want to see it. <laughs> anyway. Felt I love so, that movie, also. I, side note. Shockingly, didn't really remember it. Anyway. Um, you can find me at highestlighthealing.com. You can schedule a session with me. You can take one of my classes, sign up for um, the wait list for inner child healing, mailing list, etc. Or you can also find me at highestlighthealing on Instagram. I've been making little reels where I enact how to talk to the different parts. So based on what you heard today, you may find that interesting. And on Facebook at highestlighthealing. 
And you can find me at TessWhitehurst.com, which is where you can find my books and blog posts with free spells and rituals and guided meditations. You can find me on Instagram at Tess4444, on Twitter at Tess Whitehurst, and on Facebook at Tess Whitehurst Author, and on YouTube at Tess Whitehurst. All right. So what deck are you drawing from today? You know what? I'm going from good old Wisdom of the Oracle by Colette Baron reed This is my go-to if I ever pick cards, which is not very often. I mean, aside from on this show. And I am drawing from Cosmic Dancer Oracle, which is a deck that I co-wrote. That's true. And you can find that at TessWhitehurst.com or on Amazon and maybe even your local bookstore. I don't know. It's possible. That's very possible. Call ahead first. Okay, so I drew Be uh, <laughs> Fluid. It's a picture of a mermaid and a goldfish. It feels real sort of Aquarius, full moon, and Leo season-ish to me. Mm. She's a redhead. In this great sea of dynamically shifting circumstances and events, now is a time to choose flow over fixity. Mm. Be flexible, fluid, and gracefully adaptable. Mm. You are reminded to love what is. This does not mean resigning yourself to being stuck where you are. You can find the blessing and perfection in your present moment while simultaneously choosing to create positive change according to your highest vision for yourself, your life, and any situation. Such is the wisdom of fluidity. Fighting against what is already happening will likely manifest misery by putting you in opposition to what is already true. Instead, enter into the receptive magnetic state of flowing surrender after all life is an endless dance of fluid flowing continuity so this reminds me of what we were speaking with evo about flowing with the current definitely um well i chose by the book and it was reversed and it's quite a message Interesting. It says, now is the time for a real change in consciousness as you are incited to revolt. Ah. Challenge the structures that are limiting authentic progress. It is not enough to rebel in small ways. This is a call to revolution. Focus on what you really want to achieve, regardless of whether it feels so far outside the box that the established order may reject it. This is real Aquarius energy, don't you think? Yeah, Totally. Genius. Oh, yeah, totally. Genius, invention. I mean, those are all associated with Aquarius. Yeah. That's crazy. Genius, invention, and transformation are rarely comfortable and less likely to be accepted by the mainstream. It may be time for you to say no to the way of your group. Take a stand and make real changes. It could be that the structure of your inner world is alerting you the need for a complete overhaul. This is a time for transformation, so let go of the fear of change. Your intuition will lead you through the darkness. There's no turning back now. Trust that light will dawn. Trust that light will dawn. Epiphanies will surely lead to miracles. Ah, so transformation with both of them, like moving through and letting things change. I think it's interesting, though, that the in a way they seem sort of opposed. Like one is like, go yeah. with the flow. And the other one is like, rebel. Yeah. But it's you can do both at the same time. I think it's like yes. you can create positive change while also saying, yes, this exists. This is here. I can be in what with what is. And I can also shift and move and yeah. change things. Well, it's very Leo. Like it's the opposites, but the same at the 
the same time because it's like saying yeah. trust your intuition go with that flow and say and just like explode what isn't aligned with that right yeah all right everybody we'll see what happens this week <laughs> it's always an adventure see you next time bye Oh, come here. I love you.